0: And remember, we want this to be like a snowball. Like when you first are building a snowman for all of you people in the southeast that deal with snowmen all the time. Uh, when you're when you're building a snowman, Brian, do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> I do want to build a snowman. <laughs> uh, frozen. Here we go.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. We're slouching. Slouching it up. But we're going to talk today about how Stella got a groove back. How to stop slouching. How to stop slouching. This is a a common issue. We put a post out on Facebook asking for topics, probably our most engaged post ever. Thank you, folks. Yeah. We got a lot of... uh, of topic uh, suggestions. And this was like one of the ones that was like, yes, please talk about it. So it it's really not that hard to kind of lose your groove, lose motivation uh, for endurance sports, whatever your sport is. Um, and then like get to the point in life where you're like, I don't know how to get back
0: there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover all that. But first... I'm Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking us out on Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, and or all up on the Instagram at bpcperformance. Do it for the gram. I guess right now is a good time to say, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe and hit that hit that little likey like for us. Yeah, that helps tremendously.
1: So there's a lot of reasons why someone might um, lose the love, mm-hmm. lose the spark. Oh, paint train. paint train
0: coming through early on us.
1: Yeah. So a lot of reasons. You got, you know, it could be injury, could be burnout, could be just a a massive life change a new job kids yeah i mean there's a million and one reasons why somebody might fall out of a sport and then get to the point like i said like you you all your routines are broken um you know your fitness is dropped and you're just sitting here wondering could i ever get back there do i and like how did i ever have the time to train like I did and be competitive,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, because you you fill your time, right? Like, oh yeah, you can fill it throughout the day. You're gonna find a way to fill your time, and it may be you're spending another ten minutes sitting on the couch watching TV, or maybe it's thirty minutes or sixty minutes, or it's you know there's there's gonna be ways that you fill time more doom scrolling, scrolling. yeah, exactly. And if you really look back at the uh, end of a day and Pay attention to every 15-minute block. You're probably going to find a whole bunch of wasted time in there. Uh, and that's where you were filling it with the sport. I mean, I, we see it with people on recovery weeks. Like, you can, you get
1: somebody who can get in, you know, let's use a higher example, like a 15-hour training week. Mm-hmm. And when they are on recovery and the, the volume is like half to 70% of what is normal for them, they still – are they're, they're still like super busy and they might still miss something, even though volumes lower, cause you're going to fill your time. You have extra time. You're going to, you're going to,
0: you know, knock out that to do list or, and okay. just the assumption of, I have more time. Yeah. So you put things off and then you find out that during the day, other stuff eats at your time.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've had, uh, numbers of people over the years who, you know, come to us. We coached them for several years and they're highly competitive, and then something happens, life mm-hmm. happens even burnout i mean it's it's not uncommon when you're like grinding and out for five, six, seven, ten years like mm-hmm. it's really not that hard to get there, you know, especially with the uh so many people gearing toward epic events and epic adventures yep. you have to put so I've got a few athletes right now who like they Decided to do a really early season, epic, like race or uh,
0: whatever, and now they're like struggling to like which epic get back on it. In general, means longer duration, which means increased training time demands, mm-hmm. which can create stress. Like everything creates stress, right? So that's that's one of those things that it increases your your goal choice increases or decreases the amount of life and time constraints you're putting on your life. Um, so thinking about that's obviously huge, but I think step one is knowing you're not alone. Like if you've, if you're dealing with burnout or maybe you got injured and coming back from it's been, been a challenge, um, finding that motivation. I mean, that's, that's essentially what our whole chat's going to be about. So number yeah. one, you're not alone. Number it gets- two, it happens to a lot of folks. Um, and number three, like put some steps together to, to deal with that.
1: I mean, it gets, it can be very daunting. I mean, I've, I've kind of been there at times myself where, um, you know, even especially during pandemic where there were like, there were no races. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't necessarily that you lost motivation, but there weren't really any major goals. They weren't big race goals. Um, and so like when you don't do that kind of stuff, you fill your time with other things Mm -hmm. and then you kind of like, you don't know you loved it that much. Mm-hmm. until races come back. yeah. I mean, when, when the pandemic was kind of over,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and we had that, like, I was really kind of low motivation to race. And then I raced the first one. I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're back in business. Yeah. Cause you know, yeah. racing for most people is the reward, uh-huh. like for all the work that you've done. Mm-hmm. So like Brian said, we've got some steps here. Uh, we've not got four. Four steps. Four simple steps. Four simple steps. to getting the spark back. The the how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> so number one, and you know, the first two could go either way. Yeah. One is to kind of reflect on, uh, reflect on what used to bring you joy in the sport in your sport, whether it's triathlon or trail running or cycling or whatever. Um, kind of reflect on what about that sport. What about the training? What about the racing really brought you joy and happiness? Mm -hmm. Um, Because not everybody's the same. For some people, they love the training. Love it. Train all day long. For some people, they only do the training because they know there's going to be a race, uh, you know, and get that reward. So really think back, um, you know, and and consider like, were you – were you healthier? Like, did you feel better about yourself? Uh, you know, maybe you were, maybe you're carrying more weight right now. Maybe you're more stressed than you were, um, when you were training a decent amount. Yep. Like,
0: like read any self-help book and they're going to tell you exercise is one and getting healthy. Like that's one of the first things you have to do in order to be a more productive person, to feel better about yourself, Um, you know, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about endurance sports is it's, it's a challenge. It forces goal setting. Um, but your ability to deal with stress in the sport makes it a much easier for you to deal with stress outside of the sport. 100%. It's the, it's,
1: it's the, the saying do hard things so you can do hard things. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you put yourself through hell in in endurance sports and Uh, if I I can't imagine a scenario where that doesn't carry over into your life, um, in dealing with things that are tough, especially work and stuff like that, you know, I think for some, for some people, they get into endurance sports as a high level, maybe a high level executive or a, or something like that, or a business owner, they get into endurance sports because their business isn't really a challenge for them anymore. Mm -hmm. Like maybe mentally, but it's not a physical challenge and they just want something more physical or, or demanding on
0: the, the mental side of like struggle. Yeah. I mean, and for us, like we deal with, with th- that those people quite a bit. Um, and you know, that's definitely a big part of it. And the other part is stress relief. Sure. Like we hear it all the time that stress relief that comes from being engaged in a sport is, is a beautiful part of it. So kind of think back, what did you get from it? like, go back in time, roll it on back and say, you know, think, think about maybe a good training session you had or a great race you had, or, um, you know, the joy of getting done with a group ride. We just had a, a fun group ride last night. Like the fun that comes right after the really hard effort where you're chatting with everyone about how it went and when you were suffering and like the things that happened, all of that's super exciting. That's one of the fun things for me about racing is you, you end up with all these different stories that happen over the course of a of a race. And it's it's exciting to talk about suffering, coming through the suffering. You're on the other side of the suffering. Other people went through it also. You went through it with them. Like, it, it brings people together, uh, in my mind. Um, and, you know, that's one, personally, that's one of the things I miss. You know, I've dealt with numerous injuries now. Like, that's one of the big things. Like I've, a lot of <laughs> injuries. That I've missed uh, when I've been injured is that that feeling of pushing hard, pushing hard with other people, them challenging me, me challenging them, and then being able to to socialize afterwards. And it's a perfect
1: segue into number two. So um I, I think again these could go either way, but number two would be to reintegrate yourself into the community. So mm-hmm. whether it's the cycling community, the running community, the triathlon community, get yourself back into the community one way or another. And that might be like uh, volunteering at an event, yep, and 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 just being around, being back in the atmosphere, and kind of getting uh, getting those feels from a race day again. Um, and trust me, the community will welcome you back with oh. open arms, and the race directors will welcome you. Oh, for to, sure, yeah, for helping volunteer uh, their event. But just put yourself back into that that atmosphere,
0: yeah, and and. Get the get that vibe back. And as an example here, how many times have we seen it where a cyclist, you know, I come from more on the cycling side, a cyclist will go and watch a triathlon event and be like, oh, wow, you know, I kind of, maybe I want to try that too. Like, I may want to give that a go. Or you'll have a triathlete that goes and watches a criterium. And they're like, whoa, that looked exciting and fun and amazing, the crowd and yada yada. Like, man, I may want to give that a go. Just being there yeah. builds excitement and is something that can kind of get those juices back flowing. hundred percent. Um,
1: another thing is just like reach out to your reach out to your old training buddies mm-hmm. or your team or whatever and see what they're doing. Um, you know, they may have not taken a break like you or whatever, and they may be a little bit fitter than you, but they're not gonna be like, uh, no, nah, dude, we you can't come train with us. You're going to mm-hmm. slow us down. Like that's not going to happen. So, reach out to your folks. Get like just where we're getting at is get the social side of the sport back in your life. Yep. That's realistically why a lot of people get into endurance sports is because there is such a high level, so, a social and camaraderie and and all that stuff, and it it keeps you in the sport. That's mm-hmm. what keeps me in the sport.
0: Like, oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For me, if it was just going out and training by myself, I I would, I mean, I'd ride my bike still, but I would not be doing the type of training and the amount of yeah. training. Training solo do. all the time is a recipe for burnout. Mm-hmm.
1: So get get back into the community, uh, volunteer, find the training buddies, you know, um, like you were saying, like jump on, like, I mean, everything's streamed now, watch a race on TV like, you know, pull up a, a an Ironman feed or pull up a, uh, a, you know, watch Super League or some of the ITU races. Um, even some of the gravel, big gravel races are streamed now. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can pretty much watch anything you want to do. You can watch it online. And, I mean, there there's no shortage of, uh, like, inspiration videos on exactly. YouTube yep. that, that can't, I mean...
0: hmm So that's, especially for the more competitive people, like watching pro races. And, you know, I think that's something that, that a lot of folks would get, get some excitement and some value out of is it's easy to, to start being a recluse and you almost go inside this, Mm -hmm. this hole, right? Like you, you end up, you get out of the sport and it's easy to almost like forget that it exists. And so by just taking those first few steps to, to break back out into it is going to go a long way for you.
1: Yeah. You think, you think that the people you used to like hang around and train with and, oh, they're all fitter than me. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, I'm going to get made fun of for just showing back up and I'm carrying a few extra pounds and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like that's not going to happen. I've, yeah, I've And if so, even,
0: there's other friends out there. Yeah, if, if that does happen. <laughs> they like, weren't your friends beforehand. Yeah, they were very good friends. <laughs> no, I, and I think uh, pointing to that, like, not every person's going hard every day of the week. And if so, if you're one of those people, uh, go to buildpeakcompete.com and hit us up so we can help you with your training. <laughs> but uh, a great a segue would be, hey, like let me know the next time you guys are doing a recovery ride or a recovery run or, you know, something, something lighter, easier. That may be a struggle for you to begin with. Like doing that may be tough, Um, but just find out the details. Like how long is it? How hard is it? Uh, And that's, that's going to be a way for you to not only respect if they are a lot fitter than you, like going and showing up on a three hour ride. If you haven't ridden it all with people there in the middle of the season that are trying to get in a hard workout, that's not going to be a winning a uh, proposition for either side, but a one hour recovery ride, may be a challenge for you going to be chill for them. Um, but it's a way for you to get back out there to start chatting, to start reliving the old times, like talking mm-hmm. about the glory days and the stories. And as soon as you're able to start reliving that, um, that's, that's going to be massive as far as a motivation standpoint.
1: So this is probably a good point to put in like, like what people are thinking, like, I, like this is, to me, this is what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. So like I was, f- you know, I was formally competitive mm-hmm. and all of my like happiness and joy in the sport came from performing at a high level. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me doing it.
0: I, you know, I yeah, love- it wasn't make me suffering. It was me making other people suffer. Right.
1: <laughs> or, or winning races or yeah. winning age groups or yeah. whatever, like that's where I found all of my joy in the sport. Mm -hmm. And now I'm so far behind, like what the heck can I do uh, to get back there and to, um, you know, get over this hump, like of feeling that I'm just so far out of it that I just, there's no way I can get back to it.
0: Yeah. I think, I think there's a few different steps there. I think, and we're going to kind of go into this on the, on a goal setting side, you know, as you start getting back out there, your, your worst thing you can do is on your first, I'd say even eight weeks of getting back out there is to ever compare yourself to your highest level of performance that you were at before. Like you're in a different spot now. Can you get back to those levels? I would say unless an injury has caused some sort of issue or the time has passed so much that you were 20 and now you're 75. Um, you know, that, that could pose some problems, but there is a very good chance that you can get back very close to previous performance levels over time, but it doesn't happen right away. And things we've seen with athletes before is they go out and do a short training session. They immediately go and upload all their data and they look at their data now. And with all the, all the training stuff you can look at, all the data data metrics, Twenty-five years ago, yeah, you can see. Oh, my my run pace used to be this, and my power used to be this, and I was suffering like a dog doing fifty percent of that. that and is, it can just be mentally deflating. That is the biggest trap. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are a former competitive
1: athlete, do not do that. That is the biggest trap for like never really getting back into the sport. You'll find joy in other places if you. Let's just say you were a, uh, you know, competitive athlete in your 20s and 30s, and now you're 45, 50 plus, and you know you're a different person. Mm-hmm. Like, will you? Can you get back to those levels if you were like really highly competitive
0: as a, you know, 20, 30 something? With no life obligations? Yeah, like you right. To take into account the whole life scenario now. You got
1: to look at apples to apples. Mm-hmm. So maybe not, but can you be competitive still? A hundred percent. And oh, can sure. you get back fairly close? More than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, like just don't compare yourself to what you were, unless it's like
0: a few years ago. If you took a year off, okay. Yeah, You'll, like, be, you'll be able to get back there quick. So like number one recommendation, I would, I would personally not put any stress on data, metrics, Zero. any of that uh, to begin with. Number two, if you are going to start comparing, do not compare yourself to your all-time peaks. Start comparing your week this week to how you did last week and how you did the week before. And even within that, there's going to be some ups and downs. So know that everything is a trend. Like if you were to mark all the data on a graph, We just want to see with those highs and lows as you continue with your training, we just want to see the trend going up, but I guarantee you as you get back into a flow that you are going to be seeing gains. So compare yourself to the new, the new you and just get better each week, get better each month. And over time, taking those small steps forward and it's rewarding, like beating Beating what you did before, eating healthier, like eating that little bit healthier, Mm -hmm. getting a little bit extra sleep. Like if you make these small goals just to be a little bit better, you're going to see big gains. Um, But the the only time you want to start comparing yourself to old you is once you're in the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. again, then it's like, okay, well, can I get back? Can I beat that? Like, can I get better um, than I was before? But. I would, I would honestly depend on how long you're out of this, ha, have been out of the sport for. I would not spend the first six months comparing yourself to previous you. I would spend it on okay, let's get back consistent. Let's build a routine, which we're kind of we're kind of jumping into some of our stuff here, our points. But like, get the consistency back, and you are going to see gains along the way. Find joy in those gains. As opposed to joy in, like, comparing yourself to where you were at when you were at your peak. Yeah, I mean, to some
1: extent, you're you're going to have to find joy in other aspects of the sport before you can find it again in high performance uh-huh. because you took time off. It's it's just a fact of the you know fact. It is what it is. So find like find the things that you can be happy about along the way like um, like you said like just setting really realistic and achievable short-term goals this
0: is yeah this is point three by the way yeah kind of was
1: like spattering into those here but we this jumped into it goal setting like. yeah so you have to like I, I think I personally think before you even put a, a long-term goal on on your radar you should be setting really achievable, like quickly achievable short term goals. Mm -hmm. And then you can start, you know, success breeds
0: success, right? Yeah. Momentum builds momentum. Like you see all the time, like with more mainstream style sports, a team starts losing and suddenly it can spiral downhill, same team, like same ability, but get a team that's on a winning streak. And suddenly they start beating teams that, you know, people would say they had no chance of of beating just because they've got that momentum. And that's, you know, initially, that's kind of your main focus, right? Yeah. And you have to
1: absolutely consider what your, like, your demands of your life right now Mm -hmm. in comparison to where they have been in the past. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you've been formally competitive or not. Uh, You have to, like, be very realistic about your life scenario and how much training time that you actually have now. Yeah. And set goals that are, and this goes for anybody goal setting, uh, set goals that are in
0: line with the time that you have. Yeah. If we rewind back to the very start of this little chat, we talked about burnout being a problem with people who have chosen these epic events, which require more training time. So if if you're someone that is coming back from burnout and that's looking back what caused it, then in this goal setting phase when you do start picking this longer term exciting goal, it may need to be a little different than what you did in the past, right? So, you know, maybe if previously it was I want to do the 100 mile some big epic 100 mile gravel event. Well, maybe like right now a good goal would be what about the 50? like half the demands, if it used to be Ironmans, what about a half Ironman? What about an Olympic? What about seeing how fast you can go within the next two years in an Olympic? Like choose something that's going to require or that's going to fit, like Dale was just saying, fit within your life demands. um, And that's going to be, it'll better enable you to have success, to be consistent and to actually achieve those goals and avoid burnout all at the same time
1: one thing I do want to add in here, and we've talked about this a ton, so we don't need to go real deep into it not on the podcast, but personally as as your life demands increase mm-hmm. and and whatnot, and even with age and whatnot, it seems like people have like their willingness to suffer reduces. so um when you're setting your goals, like it makes far less sense to set a goal that is like pace related or power related or, you know, something like that, where it's going to weigh heavily on the, the like mental, the suffering side, Mm -hmm. mentally suffering. Um, if you are not like still, um, chomping at the bit to go hard. Um, so, really kind of think back and, and, and reflect on like, yeah, you might've been like a, a, you know, a hitter back in the day and just loved every hard session you were always going hard, but maybe now your life is different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you might need to change to something that's more endurance based Mm -hmm. uh, and you might excel at that. Uh, You might actually have to change disciplines I was just going to mention that. Yep. You know, don't be afraid, triathletes, don't be afraid to go to one sport mm-hmm. and and start there. Start start swimming again, start biking again, start running again. Do trail running. Uh do do something
0: different. I mean, for high-level cyclists, I mean, I think that's been part of the allure of of gravel. Has been it's a it's a different discipline. So mentally, you're no longer comparing yourself to the results you were having on the road. And same with like say running. You know, running if you were you know more on the roadside, getting into trails, going a little longer. Like you now have these new PRs, so to speak, that you can be chasing that aren't going to have you comparing yourself to your previous metrics, um, which can be it can be very motivating in that standpoint or from that standpoint.
1: Yeah, and if you are uh, a Classically trained gravel racer, mm. try road. Come on back.
0: Yeah, we try crit racing. We try you. like something shorter. You know, like change the change the demands uh, for sure. Yeah,
1: some of the so like, and I know I've said this before. Some of the best races I've ever had, and our athletes have ever had, are the ones where they went in with zero expectations because they have never done it before. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's like you have a really good day, and you have a lot of fun with it, and generally that alone breeds more motivation
0: to keep pushing it mm-hmm. keep going and for some like i've I've dealt with this with some athletes if you're always doing the same races year after year you may be someone who's like flirting towards the edge of like eh, doing the same right like I, I already know that race i already know the people that are going to be there i already know choose choose something new choose something in a different region a different area make it a fun vacation spot like choose something that's going to be new and exciting and that's going to increase the level of motivation as well.
1: That's why I try to go and do uh, USAT nationals
0: every year because I like to go get my butt handed to me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Some take that as like an ego knock, right? But if you kind of reframe it, going to and competing at that level, regardless of how you perform, um, you know, use that as inspiration as opposed to, like a knock against your your fitness.
1: Yeah, I mean I'll I'll say for the triathletes out there who are who have been racing like nothing but long course for years and are just kind of like going through the motions, mm-hmm. uh give USAT Nationals a shot. It's like an Ironman atmosphere in your racing shorter, short course races, you know, you two races in a weekend sprint and Olympic. Um, but you're still in that, that massively highly competitive, high, like high number of athletes, mm-hmm. uh, race environment. That's tons of fun. Oh it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just something different and it's all, you know,
0: well, they haven't moved it a lot lately, but they will move it again. Mm-hmm. But All right. So goals, pick new goals, could be different disciplines, pick something that works with your life. And then what do you do from there? I mean, the big one, you know, and we talked about this at
1: the beginning was like, like you will get to the point when you're, when you fall out of racing, uh, and training, you will get to the point where you wonder how the hell you had the, the amount of time to do the training, Mm -hmm. like where all that time went and where it came from. Um, so you have to immediately start rebuilding your routines and, you know, that may be just finding like carving out that 20 minutes
0: each day. And I guarantee you that's going to be harder than carving out 60. Yeah. Carving out 20 initially is going to be harder than moving from 20 minutes to 60 minutes.
1: Absolutely. That's the funny thing about routines is once you, you find that little notch of 20 minutes, you quickly realize that you could make it 30, 40, 50, 60 min- minutes. And because you've already notched it out, um, it
0: takes very little to like increase mm-hmm. the volume of that time. Yep. And the vast majority, to kind of put this in perspective, vast majority of our people, um, especially on the roadside, aren't, aren't doing much more than an hour during the week. I know with triathletes, you know, some of them are doing dual, dual sessions, so it can be you know, a little more challenging there. But don't think that, and this goes back to maybe your discipline, maybe you need to go to a single sport thing, you know, if, if if time demands are one of those things, um, but don't feel like you can't have good results with one hour a day, three days a week, two to three days a week during the week and something decent on the weekend.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you get to the point where, you know, you might have to do low volume training during the week and then just hinge heavily on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you can do a lot with, mm-hmm. with a less time than you previously had to, or you think you had to, to perform where you were, you know, back in the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would recommend like, if you're, if you're someone who's just trying to get back into it and build routine, I would say find four days per week, start easy. Cause we want, we want wins. We want this to be, maybe this is your initial goal. Four days per week, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do some form of exercise for 20 minutes. And then the next week, maybe one of those days, I'm going to push out to 30 minutes. So now my goal is to hit four workouts, three of those 20 minutes, one of those 30 minutes. And you're going to find that. The reason I like four days per week is because now you're exercising more Forge days. Four is a sexy number. Four is a good number. Now you're exercising more days than you're not exercising. So now you're building this habit of yeah. I'm a person who exercises. I'm a person who trains. Um, you'll you'll find that um, it's you want it to sort of feel weird on the days that you're not doing anything versus the days that you're having to do something. Yeah. And I feel like training more consistently really helps with that.
1: But Bryant, Uh-oh. I used to do 90 minute to two hour
0: sessions twice a day. Uh, rewind about 15 minutes ago, where we yeah. talked about not comparing yourself the, to who you used to be. The 20 <laughs> minutes hardly seems worth it. Uh huh. R- rewind and remember we want this to be like a snowball. Like when you first are building a snowman for all of you people in the Southeast that deal with snowmen all the time. Uh, when you're, when you're building a snowman, Brian, do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> I do want to build a snowman. <laughs> uh, frozen. Here we go. Uh, like it starts with something small. And as you start rolling that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually you got this giant snowball. And every time you push it a little bit, it's like, combining a, 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 like 20 of those initial little baby snowballs. So like, just focus on building momentum, getting wins. We want to start chalking up wins in the win column, not in the loss column. I'm pretty sure Dale's got a... <laughs> all I want to do right now is have a snowball fight. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about all these snowballs. I know it. I know it. But just focus on building momentum. And that's that's when we went back, like goal setting. Like do the set small initial goals where you can start building momentum, chalking up wins. And as you do that, it's going to increase excitement. It's going to, it's just going to long-term you'll be amazed at what happens over the course of six weeks just by doing that. So in, in doing this,
1: we're trying to increase the the number of days that you exercise first before we increase volume at all. Mm-hmm. Um, We are not stressing about metrics. We're not stressing about how hard we're going. Um, You can stay off Strava for all you Strava
0: folks and where you start looking at the people doing hundred mile rides and you're like, wow, I'm only doing five miles. Like you're not comparing yourselves to them. And this is the
1: one um, maybe non-exercise thing that I can't stress enough. And I feel like I have this conversation with people every week. Get up early. Oh, yeah. Gotta get up early. I'm I'm sorry, like between 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. is prime time for training and for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially if you have a demanding job and a family and, you know, you don't have a really flexible schedule. If you're going to rebuild one daily thing, get up early. Get up early, for sure.
0: Even on the days that you're not training. And how to do that? Get up early. Go watch or listen to our How to Be an Early, early Riser Athlete. podcast that we did. Um, but yeah, there's three hours between four and sevens, three hours of time that pretty much anyone can carve out. And don't give me that crap that you're a night person. Oh man. Yeah. Baloney. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything to add onto this? If we missed anything, if you have tips, pointers, like if you're someone who's come back and there's stuff that we missed, share it. Uh, we'd be happy to hear it. Put it in the comments. If you're listening on YouTube, if you saw this on on Facebook or somewhere else, uh, we actually check the comments and try to do a good job at responding quickly to all those, and we we appreciate them. So um, feel free to to leave those uh, for us. And I think that's all I got on this topic. now. It is you. You can do it. You, you can do it. Oh uh, yeah! In the morning <laughs> <laughs> by getting up
1: early. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We will catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace.